Well, I ain't seen you here in some time, ma'am. Been married. Been married for almost a month. That's what I tell this critter. Nobody comes to see him when they're happy. No, sir. Monkey house in the A where he gets all the happy customers. But he's beautiful. No, he ain't beautiful. He's an evil critter, ma'am. You'll read your Bible. Revelation. Where the book's talking about the worst beast of them all. It says... And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Like unto a leopard? Yes, ma'am. Like a leopard, but not a leopard. I guess that fits this fella. Yes, it fits him. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Shira. I'm Erica. And today we have John from Skeleton Rose Media. How's it going, John? I am fantastic. How are you guys today? Awesome. <laughs> Don't fuck it up today, Dylan. Make sure you <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we, we had John on for an Artist Spotlight episode before, and we had him on for our Rocky Horror episode, but his audio didn't record, so we had to cut it out. And um, so we made sure everything's good today, and we're glad to have you on, John. I yeah. am so glad to be here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So today we're going to be continuing our Decades in Horror series with the 1940s, and we're going to be talking about the movies Cat People and I Walked with a Zombie, which I didn't realize until about 10 minutes ago were directed by the same person, produced by the same person. I, I noticed when we watched them that they both were made by RKO Pictures, but I didn't know that they were made by the same people. <laughs> so. I think, yeah, the both also had... Um... I'm blanking on his name now. The guy with the pencil mustache. He's a psychologist in uh, Tom Conway. Yep, there yep. you go. Yep. Yep. And uh, I, I did notice some similar, uh, some similar like actors and actresses too, like um, Teresa Harris, who played Alma and I walked with a zombie. I noticed she worked at the restaurant or the bar or whatever oh, yeah, in yeah, Cat yeah. People, and I pointed the out the Sierra where they go for coffee. Yeah, I pointed out the Sierra. I was like, oh, hey, okay. that's the housemaid from I walked with a zombie. So, nah. yeah, I, I did pick that out a little bit, but yeah, so we'll dive in. Um, before we get started, we'll do what we did last week, where we talk about the differences that we see. From the 50s to the 40s? Yeah, from the 50s to the 40s. One thing that I noticed right away from these is that the 40s, the movies that we watched, they very heavily focused on, like, a mystery. Like, there was a mystery that made the set the plot in motion where the movies that we watched in for the 50s episode they're very straightforward episode mm-hmm. or very straightforward movies where the plot is just okay this is what's happening where these movies they really leave you guessing on what's happening i think that these movies too had a more serious feel to me like uh, yeah. not that the others weren't serious but a more realistic feel to me um i noticed that something similar is that there is a huge focus on relationships and love um still in the 40s as well as in the 50s and um But I think that the relationships are a little more risque in the 40s because there's a lot of, like, cheating going on (laughs) in both films. There's, like, like a huge, like, the guy, like, in uh, Cat People, the guy thinks his his wife's crazy and is like, well, maybe I shouldn't have married her. Maybe I should (laughs) have just married my friend at the office. And then in I Walked with a Zombie, the guy's wife is, like, 
you know, she she can't talk. Well, she was with, uh, she was having an affair with his brother, his mm-hmm. stepbrother. Yeah, like, it's, like, a whole weird thing, you know, so, uh, there's a lot, it, it the, the 40s were definitely, I think, touching on a more ris- risky mm-hmm. kind of relationships, whereas the 50s, I think they were kind of trying to... They are very dreamy, like... Dreamy, like, 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 kind of how you expect the 50s to be, where, like... You find who you're going to love in high school. You get married. You have children. The wife stays home and cooks you dinner. And the yeah. husband works. You know, it just... Like, the 50s are very 50s. You know, well, and, and the, the and 40s, I feel like they're a little edgier. Which I think... You, you'd think as time progressed, it would get edgier. But no. it's not. Well, I mean, and not to uh, jump the gun too much, I guess. But, like, talking in terms of being risque and seductive almost... Uh, the 30s get even more so, and that has a lot to do with uh, pre-code Hollywood yeah. and post-code Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you want, you want to talk about some racy pictures was was the stuff released in early 30s. I mean, um, and it was straight uh, it, was, it was straight exploitation in some markets, like sex pictures and sex mm-hmm. films mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where women were very scantily clad, and they were often shown in their underwear or undergarments and stuff at the time. I mean, like I said, not to completely derail a conversation, because pre-code, most code is a completely different. It's a whole episode in itself, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, at some point. But, but I, uh, you know, 40s being more risque, I think, is kind of hangover from that pre-code Hollywood era. And 50s, by and large, taking in, taking in consideration, like, you know, societally, that was uh, after World War II, so that was the rise of... Uh, the all-American dream, you know, that mm-hmm. was, uh, every, you know, it was the Leave it to Beaver era. That was, yep. I don't know what it was. You no, can definitely, was, like, feel that in every 50s movie, it's like, there is a vibe of a happy family here. Yeah. Like, yeah. everybody right, has exactly. a happy family, and you check the mail right. in the morning and wave to your neighbor. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, I mean, and a lot of the, a lot of the sci-fi in the 50s, too, had a lot to do with the moral panics at the time, so, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the, uh, the body snatcher motif, mm-hmm. where, like, you couldn't trust your neighbor, Mm-hmm. which yeah. had a lot to do with the Cold War in the 50s and the moral panic of, like, the Red Scare. You know, everybody mm-hmm. was a communist. You didn't know your neighbor. You didn't know if everybody was on the level or not. So have a lot of these- I was so excited to get to the 40s, though, and to get out of yeah. that because the 50s, <laughs> like... I did enjoy the movies that we covered for the 50s, it's but... Just, they're, they're, was, they're all very similar. They're very similar, the yeah. Movie. And that, that whole sci-fi thing is not really my cup you of tea. You don't like aliens. I don't like aliens, right. though. But I just don't... I don't dig the whole sci-fi thing. So I I really liked the week before and, and transitioning <laughs> into this week. So um, the 50s so far has been... While the movies were really good, I did enjoy them. It has been my least favorite of yeah. uh, the decades. I think it's funny so how far. we went from sixties black and white movies to fifties all color, color, pretty much yeah. color, and then back to black and white. It's like what? Well, that was another thing too that. Uh, <laughs> That's funny that the sixties and the fifties. It's like I don't know. That was another thing too um, with these movies, and I know a lot of other like other movies from the forties that I've seen. Um, the way that they were filmed. They're very high, like contrast. Like they're they're dark. They're very dark films Mm -hmm. um, with the with the way that they were filmed, and I'm sure that most of that Mm -hmm. has to do with you know the lighting and the cameras that they had for the time. Well, I think though too, it it, they're using that in the 30s. You know, their stories aren't necessarily the scariest stories, but it does create a very eerie vibe for it to be that dark. And I have specific moments, too, from uh, each of these movies that I I can bring that up to, too, so I don't want to jump ahead too much with that. But 
Yeah. I think there's some very obvious, very big differences from the 50s. Oh, yeah. Not even just to the 40s, but to, like, any year. Like, the 50s to the 60s, the 50s to the 40s, the 50s to the 80s. Like, the 50s are a very specific yeah. time. Very specific. <laughs> like, right. I, well, I feel I like think... with every other era, you can kind of blend it in. Like, where the 20s become the 30s and the 30s become <gasps> yeah, the 40s. Yeah, there's that transition. But then, and it's, then like, it's, it's like, like the 40s and it's the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, you know, with the... With how outlandish the fifties get with their sci-fi, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the product of like, like uh, humanity had detonated its first atomic weapon. Yeah. yeah. Plus and so we were, they, in, they were obsessed with space. Like they, the, that the was space the space. space, space, space. You were right. And it was, it go. was all about everything. It was all about everything. We it was all, know and everything exactly. Know, it was, it was, and, it was like a yeah. child exploring their imagination. You know, they, these, right. they, yep. nobody knew what to expect from, from, what we were going to learn from from going into space and looking more into that scientifically. So these are all theories, essentially, is what I, I get from the 50s. These are all possibilities that they thought maybe could happen. These are outcomes. Well, right. and, and at that point, they probably were kind of scary. What a horrible time to be alive. <laughs> now we're aware that there may be life somewhere, and I do believe that there's life somewhere in another you planet. Your mouth. <laughs> I firmly right. believe that there is. And I'm not, like, because I just feel like it would be selfish to say that it's not, but it's, it's like the 50s had no clue what to think. So I feel like that's why it focused on so many different outcomes of going to space is this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, but none of them were happy. There was no good outcome. Oh, no, no. They were fucking sheer panic mode. They were like... <laughs> They're like, this is going to be bad. No, I don't want to know what's in Nothing's space. Nothing's worse than... <laughs> It wasn't until after we went to space where we knew we were in the queer where we were like, fuck it, let's make E.T. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's no aliens, thank yeah. God. <laughs> All right, let's jump into these movies. Across the centuries comes this exciting story of a modern girl cursed by an ancient legend. The legend of the cat people. Women whose kiss means death. Whose love turns them into vicious, snarling beasts of prey. I've been followed by something that was not human, something that attempted to take my life. I believe that was the cat form of Irena. Why should she wish to harm you? Because I'm in love with her husband. It shut, Belle. Just a minute ago, it was open. Fuck. Leave us, Irena. All right, so we're going to start out with Cat People. It was directed by Jacques Turner. Turn, I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's French. Not <laughs> whatever it is. To now. Turner Torneau, probably. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fluent with my French, but I it was written, head in French. Don't do it. <laughs> it was written by De, Dewitt Bodine. It starred Simone Simon as Irena, Kent Smith as Oliver Reed, Jane Randolph as Alice Moore, and Tom Conway as Dr. Lewis. You get Judd. the easy fucking names. Seriously. You butchered the 50s. You you said Andrews as, like, some random shit. Hey, like, hey. It's like Andrews. Let's just talk like, about this. Anyway. Say M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. All right. Uh, the movie follows... Um, <laughs> 
the movie follows Oliver Reed as he I'm falls sorry, in love. I, I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. As he falls in love with right. Irena, um, they get married, and she has this fear that if she like kisses him or like falls in love with him, that she will become a cat person and kill her, kill him. Be- yes, because of the lore of her village, village where she grew up in. Yep. So, along the way, Oliver gets fed up with her shit and goes, alright, well, I actually like Alice, the girl I work with. And it starts turning into this, like, you start wondering if Irena is just crazy or if she can actually turn into a cat. And you start to wonder how much of a threat she is to Alice. She can definitely turn into a cat. She starts following her around. She's a huge threat. I'd be afraid of her. Okay, okay. I need to talk. The biggest thing. And this is, I'm talking to Erica first. Okay. (laughs) Hit me with it. (laughs) Let's talk about the situation. Okay? I'm married to a man. I'm married to Dylan. Okay? I'm a little baddie. We know, but okay? go on. You guys work in the office together. You're going to swoop in and take my man while I'm a little crazy? That's fucked up. That's a bad friend. You were just sitting on my couch a couple hours ago. That's fucked That's up. That's bad, Juju. No. You ain't going to do that? No. That's bad. That's how bitches get caught. Alice is a hoe for show. That is how bitches get cut. Here at Horror Haven, we will shank you. I just right. love. For I just shit love you that. Even done. Alice worked with Oliver. It seems like they had no interest in each other yeah. until he got married. And then he got married, and she pulls him to the side, and she's like, "Maybe I love you." And as soon as she said that, I just am like, "Here we fucking go." <laughs> But, yeah. it, but it was like, it, yeah. maybe I love you. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, you either do or you don't. If you're going to be a homewrecker, go in it at 100%. <laughs> right. Yeah, I felt bad for Irena. I did too. And let me say, I'll and get this out of so the way. She's so cute. I'll say this right now. Simone Simon, what a babe. She's the phone, my phone background hey, now. My phone Who's background now. I'll, 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 I'll back you up here. One of the things that. I'd, I had said this to Becca while we were watching these movies or whatever. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't carry through even to today. You know, by and large, pretty people always find a camera no matter what type of work you're in. But in the in the in old school Hollywood, especially 30s, 40s, 50s, like these are all really pretty people. Like all of them, even the male leads and stuff, they're all dashing. They all look gorgeous. And that, like, I'm not saying that there's not still pretty people in cinema, but I'm saying it's more like you can still make a career even if you're ugly in Hollywood nowadays. So, like, back then, it's like there's not one, unless you're old, you know, <laughs> old people on camera are, are just kind of always old people. But, I mean, like, all of these actors, like, every single actress, like, even, like, go down the list. Like, Does it and, make you feel a little people. bad about yourself? Like, I, like, look at these ladies and I'm like, damn. You, you, couldn't, keep, you couldn't keep a husband? <laughs> I feel like 50s housewives, though, like, they, they had it. They... They had that little bit of time to not look like a bag of dicks going to Walmart. <laughs> they didn't have Walmart! I know, exactly. But yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Like, background on my phone. I mean, what a babe. Yep. Don't right. leave me for her. Not now. She don't, don't care if she's a cat lady. Right. right. You like cats. That makes sense. Uh. <laughs> Dylan might be a cat people. Are you a cat person? Are Good. you going to kill me? I might. No. But yeah, so. I, I will say, um, not to jump ahead to the next movie, but like I had said earlier, I didn't know until right before we recorded this that these were directed by the same person. I think now that you said that, I, you can definitely tell that there's a similar style. I see. I don't see it. That's what I was going to say. I think say. that they're totally different stories, but I think like the filming style is very similar, like the, con- the high contrast. 
um, they have these very dark scenes. Um, like uh, in Cat People, the scene where Irina is following Alice mm-hmm. um, through the streets, mm-hmm. and like you kind of just like see like her like walk past the um, streetlight, and then it's really dark, and then you see the streetlight, and it's like bright, and it's like that high contrast. And then yeah. when um, in I Walk with the Zombie, when they're walking to the voodoo place mm-hmm. and through like the like the fields, fields and, and stuff, stuff yeah. like it's very like high contrast when they run into the scary tall mm-hmm. guy and uh but like everything else is very dark so i i think that there's a similar use of contrast not color yeah well, i was gonna I say in yeah. color because i'm so used to saying contrast yeah. color, but there's no <laughs> <Exactly>. color <laughs> one of the uh one of the really cool things that i'll mention uh about that scene you're talking about that um scene where she's chasing it through the streets or whatever um it's a really famous scene and, and i guess that was the first time in cinema where, like, right at the apex of the scene when it's the most tense and you think that uh, Reyna's going to turn into Panther and, and strike, and the bus makes the same, basically, this, it hisses as it pulls up like a cat would, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. a big, fat boo. That was, like, the first time in cinema that that had been used. And so really from cool. that point on, uh, the production company, uh, Val Luton and his production company who produced this, that's known as the Luton bus so, like, every time you see that now in movies or whatever else, when they do a fake sca- a jump scare, but it's not the actual scare. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, you know, they go, boo, but it's not the actual scare. It's called mm-hmm. the Luton bus, I suppose. So it's a pretty cool little, uh, pretty cool little uh, thing to have your name on, and I guess. And they did yeah. so – it was very successful in this movie. That And, yeah. and it, uh, right. it wasn't cool. just the bus scene that they really did that. It was also the scene where um, Alice is swimming. Yeah, the pool scene. Mm-hmm. And, and you I anticipated to that. see it. But you don't see anything happen – and then Alice is there, and she's like, oh, where's, what's this, her husband's name? Ollie. Where's Oliver. Ollie? Oliver. And she's like, oh, I don't know, like, I'm not with him, blah, blah, whatever, and she leaves, and then the robe's torn up, and you're like, yeah. oh, what the fuck? It really yeah. is, it really is a movie that... It is a mystery, though, just yeah, like you had said. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's a big theme in these movies, is that it is a mystery, you're, it leaves you guessing, is she just crazy, or is she a cat person, so... She's definitely a cat person, hands down. <laughs> I, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm going to agree with Sarah on that. The, the torn robe. Yeah. yeah. The obsession with the jaguar. Either that or she's, I don't know, crazy. Yeah. I mean, maybe, like, she just, like, goes and gets, like, those pointy nails that you used to get, Erica. And she just, like, <laughs> she thinks she's kind I've never person. shredded anybody's shit. <laughs> you she haven't? Just, she just Marine Ponderosing the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just really fucked up. I've she, like, bleached sharpened. people's stuff before, though. Purposely or accidentally? No, Purposely. Like, to be an asshole? Yeah. That's pretty badass. Like, a whole wardrobe? Did you... Uh, did a whole someone... wardrobe? Sure did, yeah. Did... Opened up a suitcase. No, yeah. I, that's literally the only fact I had written down, though, was about the Luton bus. I thought that that was really cool. Um, yeah. I, I like how how quickly the plot go, goes into effect, though. Like, it starts out with Irena drawing the, the panther, and Ollie just, like, walks up and starts hitting on her, and instantly it's just like, hey, come back to my place. And then, like, the next scene is like, yeah, we're getting married. Yeah, no, the next oh, no, scene. Oh, no, he buys her a cat. He buys her a cat, and she's like, cats just don't like me. And he's like, but oh. It's like, but then he's like, I, you know I love you. And she's like, I love you, too. And I'm like, you, this is the second time you've ever hung out. What the fuck? But, I mean, I just think it's so funny. Like, like what person, the second time you're going to hang out with somebody, just like, I'm going to buy you a cat. A lifelong commitment. 
I feel like if they big, accept that, though, they're more likely to accept the lifelong big, commitment of marriage. Maybe this was big the test. gestures in the forties. That's what love's all about. Roses. You buy roses. Yeah. No, this way, if I forget to water 50s. them and they die, it's all that's right. If you forget 50s. to water the fucking cat and do you it dies, dude. You're an okay, asshole. she's like, she said that the bird died because it was scared of her, but like, she was like trying to grab that. Like, shit. she's like swatting at that she thing. Probably she probably ate it. Yeah. No, she put it in a box. Maybe she did. She oh, she fed it. Bit she it. fed it to the jaguar. Yeah, but she could have bit it. No, she definitely swatted it. But well, one was... of the one of the well, the, this is actually a really cool conversation because when I had watched it, I went over this scene twice, mm-hmm. and they don't like they they she reaches her hand in and they completely cut away, and then all you see is Arena as she pulls the bird out. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually shown what happens. And so I think that that's, and obviously I don't know that they would want to kill a bird on screen, but I think that it's obviously on purpose because it le- it adds to the mystery that we've been talking about this whole time, whether or not she's actually a cat person or whether or not she's just a crazy person. And so I think that um, this is definitely a movie, both of these movies, actually, I walked with a zombie and um, and cat people. It's, it's, it's a great lesson in filmmaking for less is more doing yeah. more with less. And so give them less answers to tell a more effective story. So, like, all the way through these movies, shadow is key. Like, I guess talking about the high contrast. Yeah. And that's just straight shadow. And so, like, especially in black and white, it pops so much more because shadow shows up so much darker in black and white. Like, they're literally, like, absences. They're literally absences. They're, they're, they're sheer nothingness, those shadows. And so it, it's uh, it creates a really cool spotlight effect. And so... I mean, how many times in this movie are you actually shown anything? Exactly. Like, think and it's about just it. like just like the pool scene, for example, where yeah. she's hearing the noises around her, but when she's looking, it's everything's in a shadow. So you can't tell if there's a person circling her if or if there's a jaguar. A circling, yeah, or a jaguar circling her. But I think it was it, a panther, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a panther. Yep. But it, it does and it, I I could imagine two Same thing, they're cousins. <laughs> They're cats, so they're the same thing. Yeah, well, let's also be specific about that. When we say cat people, they're not talking about, like, tabby cats. They're, they're like, literally talking about right. like, jaguars, too. So, like, like panthers. turning into, like... Panthers. Panthers! <laughs> panthers! They're talking about large, wild cats. Yeah. Okay? Big, scary they're ones. They're not talking about your pet cat, because that wouldn't be scary, just so you know. They should have called it jaguar people. Panther people, other yeah. people. Jaguar. God damn it, Sierra. <laughs> right, but, but yeah, they that, look the same. They're different colors. Jaguars have spots. Yeah, yeah, they're different colors. Panthers are black. Yeah, I know they're different colors. That's why I said the only reason they use a panther. What about cougars? That's a, that's a lady that likes young young guys. Oh my that's God. not a big. That's a lady. That <laughs> no, they call the guy black. version of that a panther. <laughs> So that's, it's a panther. What do they call the guys, though? What are they, cubs? Manthers. Cubs. No, the, the, the ones that like the older Oh, lady. the little ones that like what grave robbers? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sex, sexual predators, I think is what they call those. Pedophiles. <laughs> 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 I'm special on Horror Haven tonight. Our Zero. guest, Chris Hansen. <laughs> and next week in Horror Haven, right. we've officially kicked Zero off the podcast. <laughs> She's problematic. <laughs> Very vague term, problematic. You made it a year. (laughs) But anyway, going back to this, though, I I could imagine that this is probably one of the first films, too, that leaves the film open-ended to where you can kind of make the decision yourself on what's going on. It was not open-ended. That bitch was a cat. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> she tore up robes, okay? She was a cat. I feel like she could have had some kind of psychosis of some sort that really made her maybe, like, even hallucinate that herself was a cat. How did she scratch up the robes? Maybe she had a knife and she just cut People, like, how do people who are, like, that are crazy but they can't actually, like... Determine no. that they're demonically possessed, change your voices. You guys are just making an okay excuse for what's his name to leave her and not I'm not her. making an okay she excuse. She wasn't crazy. <laughs> she was a cat person. But it, to add to that, though, like, um, we had talked about the shadows, how it hides uh, what's going on, the, the whole cutting away with the bird, and also when the doctor comes on to her. And it shows them fighting, but it's only showing the shadow of them fighting. And you can't really tell what's happening from the shadow. You can just tell that there's some sort of fight going on. So you can't tell if he's fighting a cat or if he's fighting a person. Right. And the major throw, that was my favorite scene. And the, the little clip in the, when my favorite scene in the whole movie was that little clip or whatever. I can't remember the piece of dialogue that comes before it, but they kiss. Mm-hmm. He says something to her. And there's that close-up of her face, and the lighting actually changes in that scene. So, like, they, yeah. they change the light from above to go underneath, and her face shows this almost... It's not... It's black and white, obviously, but it's almost... It looks almost blue, and her eyes almost start glowing. Mm-hmm. And she walks forward. I was like, that's fucking sick. She's a cat person! <laughs> what? I was like, that was that was a major geek-out moment for me. I was like, I don't give a shit if you hate black and white movies, you can't appreciate them or respect what started the horror genre or whatever. That's an awesome little scene mm-hmm. it's where, really like, great she comes too. walking forward. It's really great, too, because uh, with this movie also, it where normally the monster would be, like, the, the villain of the movie, while she was the villain of the movie, at the same time you kind of sympathize with her because, like, for example... She wasn't a villain. When Alice and Oliver are at the museum... And they're just like, oh, why don't you go along? We'll meet you later. Like, you, you feel bad for her, and you, you know why she's doing the things she does. And Alice almost, is the villain, yeah. and, her and Oliver are the villains. It is I that. almost saw the doctor as the villain, to be honest with you. Dude, like, he was the one that never... He, like, didn't do anything to solve anybody's problem. Irina, <laughs> made it worse 100%, every step. if she was not a cat person, okay? <laughs> if that is the case... Okay, let's talk about that as a possibility, although I do believe she's a cat person. If she's not, her husband chose to marry her, said he loved her, and then the second that something was not exactly how he wanted it, he left her for somebody else. And was, like, very, like, whatever no, about it. Like, she's very it was not much a, the victim. Yeah, it I agree was, with it that. Was, it was not, like... Oh, she's very... Yeah. I, my heart broke for her. Like, I felt terrible. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's so sad. Absolutely. Like... You think you're going to get this great husband, this guy who loves you, but he, he doesn't. He did not care about her, not for a second. And that's not cool. That's horrible. This week on Dr. Well, Phil. I, Leave me alone, Dylan. Well, I, this is important. Well, this is I, important. I, I, I absolutely agree with, with uh, well, and I think Eric had said that too. That, like, I 100% agree with, with you guys that Arena is the victim in the story. Mm-hmm. I don't know who really, I don't know who really does come off as, as the villain, but I, I saw it, to be honest with you, just my, my gut feeling was the doctor, because, like, whether she was a cat person or not, okay, regardless, he didn't do anything in any context whatsoever but exacerbate the situation. He made it worse at mm-hmm. every step of the way. But you know? that, that also has a lot to do with the error, though, because they did nothing for women's health then. Or anybody. Not right. exactly, really, yeah. but... You know, in those days and even earlier, it like was very like, normal for women to go to the psych ward because of, you know, something as simple as 
postpartum depression or <laughs> my <you> great grandma. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. But like little things like that, and mm-hmm. it was very, very, very easy to chalk a woman up as crazy in those days. So regardless of whether she was a cat person, or locking, not, locking women up for PMS. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. those were like it real happened. things. Yeah. I feel too. I wish somebody would lock me up for that shit. I'd get a vacation. <laughs> I think that the cherry on the top of all of this is the fact that you know Oliver almost seems relieved at the end of the movie. That he's, he's, Irina okay. is. I think if anybody, and this is my my belief, I think Oliver is. I think Oliver is a piece of shit. Yeah. Like he comes across as this nice guy, but it's it's bullshit. He's a womanizer. He is. Right. He uses... Okay, well, Alice yeah. Alice clearly has a thing for him, and he knows that, but he's willingly talking to her about another girl. Why? Because he's keeping her on the hook. Side bitch. Yeah, he's keeping her on a hook just in case things don't work out. And then Irena, he tells her everything she wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And he uses her. And then the second that things aren't peachy keen for him, he drops her and goes to Alice. He is he is the bad guy of the film. He is a horrible human being. He's terrible. You know what would have been the best ending to this movie? You know that meme where it's like... Him dying? No, you know the meme where it's like the guy walking with the girl and he's like turning around and looking? Yes. If like they... Because, all right, so the movie ends, they're like, they find Arena... Do they find Arena or the cat? I don't know. Arena dead. Yeah. The panther gets hit by a car. Yeah. And then they find Arena dead... And he's just like, she never lied to anyone. And then, like, seems fine about it. But I would have loved if they walked away from that scene and, like, another girl walked by and he, like, turned and looked and it was that Turns fucking meme. <laughs> and Alice just looks at him like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, I, I do think a... that, that he's the bad guy of, of this film, for sure. I agree. Well, and and how easily he breaks off his engage, his how easily he breaks it off with Arena. I, like when that happened, I was like, I was "Like it's just it, that it's that easy for you, dude. Just a two minute conversation, and like I'm gonna like we're That's divorced right. now. I'm gonna well, go he, be with this chick. Like yeah, exactly. That seemed and pretty... when Irena wanted to talk to him about it, he was just like, no, like like there was no conversation. He just was like, and it goes Gone. back to I'm it goes terrible. back to you feeling for Irena too, because like for example, when she goes to see the psychiatrist and she comes home and he's like, "Oh, I already told Alice all about this," and you can see that she's upset, and it's kind of like, but and that's he does that several times. Yeah, that's personal yeah, but stuff. That, exactly. Yeah. She had no right knowing right. any of that shit. No, right. and, that would be like you know, like fuck you, Oliver, you being <laughs> mentally ill or something like that, which we know you are. I mean, you're crazy as shit, but. Yeah, and Dylan does tell me how crazy you are, like, outside well, see, the house. Okay, but, see, that's the thing, um, is that, like, there's people that you can talk to about that. Yeah, there no, are exactly. Your but, brothers, your cousins, your your best guy yeah, friends. Be like, so, I guess, like, the best example would be, like, if there was issues, like, with me and Kyle, and Kyle was telling, like... Me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all the crazy shit I do, or, like, I said or something like that, like... You want to see cra- that at that point? That I would be being crazy. Like, do you want to see crazy? Because you're about to see a whole new fucking level, guys. <laughs> oh, I would turn into my mother. Do you want me to turn into well, my mother? Well, I mean, Dylan, Dylan don't fucking do it. Really, don't fucking really... do it. I'll turn into my mother. Don't make me. Well, it would be pretty. It would be pretty akin to. Please don't turn into Grammy, please. <laughs> it would be pretty. It would. It would be pretty akin to. Uh, you know. So. So I, I would say we're probably like acquaintances at this point, and like we get along pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So it, it would be the kind of deal where like, okay, so we've worked together, we've done podcasts, we're all in the horror circle or whatever. I get a personal message from whoever, that's like, like, like Dylan or or Eric is 
husband or whatever else is just like, you'll never believe how crazy Sierra <laughs> or Eric is. You'll never believe it. I'd be like, okay, dude. Like, <laughs> like yeah, we did a podcast together. Like, yeah. You're sharing some personal shit right now. <laughs> like, you know. So it would if be pretty you're going to continue to send me these messages, I'm going to need you to hook that up to my PayPal and uh, <laughs> I some therapy. I should let you know, I didn't finish my master's dissertation, and I'm not a licensed psychologist. So, But I will take your money and listen to your bullshit. But I, but I will take your money and listen to you talk. <laughs> All right, you guys want to get the ratings for cat people? Yeah. All right. Yeah. John, what are you going to give it? Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come in right I'm gonna come in right at about a seven point two. It's it's entertaining. I I love how clean the dialogue is. But what I mean by clean is like it's all worded very uh, very uh, strongly. You know, mm-hmm. there's no ambiguity in their lines. You know, so like they 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 say their lines and they're like worded perfectly. There's no stumbling. There's no stuttering. It's it's all just very clean. And I don't know. I have a really high respect for that. Like you can tell that it's all very rehearsed, but it doesn't look fake. The way that they move around the sets and the stage and everything, they all look very natural. You it's know, like comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a very comfortable movie to watch. The dialogue is like I said, it's very clean. And I like I have a really high love for like really clear language. And so, like the the story moves along, the story moves along really swiftly, and and uh, and on top of that, it has some genuinely scary scenes. I mean, e- even to this day, well, I mean, now you got to you know, both of these movies are made in the '40s, so I think it should be stated for anybody listening, like you have to you have to uh, adjust your expectations, you know, <laughs> but um, but adjusting your expectations, I mean, there's really cool high contrast, there's some really cool imagery, and like Dylan had said, you know. The, as opposed to Universal's take on monster movies where all their monsters were in the spotlight, you know, uh, uh, Frankenstein and Dracula and the Wolfman, they were all right on camera, right on screen. This brings a really cool different approach where the monster, what you know, whether it rain is a cat or not, is never completely answered because they don't put the monster right on screen. Right. Now, I'm not saying she's a villain. I'm just saying that, like, you don't see Arena as a cat. Right. Or as a as a as a panther or a jaguar, you know, you don't see the monster really put on light. So it has this really cool dichotomy where it's like, it's more or less the darkness and humanity is is the uh, is the monster we're fighting with, rather than any sort of uh, you know really on camera wolf man or, or actual monster. Anyway, I, I liked it without getting too far off topic, but I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it. I'll give it a seven point one. Seven one is that what I said? You said seven seven two. Seven two. So like, no, I I like it. I think it's entertaining. And I think anybody could probably pop this in and get something out of it if you have a large love for the horror genre. Yeah. Erica, what you got? Okay, so... I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> um, I We've discussed it a million fucking times, but I'm a big uh, color person, and I love the use of color. And going into the decades... Um, we started out with the 60s and the 60s were black and white um and i absolutely love both of those movies and then we went to the 50s and we were back to color and i wasn't too blown away with it but going to the 40s and these two movies um they've really given me an appreciation not so much of the use of color, obviously, because they're black and white, but the use of light and shadow. 
Um, so it was a really cool switch, and I really enjoyed that. Um, visually, I really liked this movie a lot. Um, it was very well put together. Uh, it was nice to go away from the 50s, so it was very refreshing <laughs> for me. Um, and I, I really did like it. And it's it's a totally different movie because, like we've touched base on when we did our earlier um, coverage of the um, Universal Monsters... Those are actual monsters. Like you're seeing, like like John said, you're seeing actual physical monsters. And then as it progresses, you kind of get away from an actual monster, and you start getting into humans being the real monsters here. And this was kind of a really cool transition movie. It's like an in between. It is. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, like, is it a real monster or is it a human monster? And even deeper than that, is it a mental monster? Like, is it something within her own head? I love the way you and worded that. It is so. It was just really. It was a lot deeper than just what what it was. Um, and yeah, really but- getting into it. It was an extremely deep movie for its time. Oh, yeah. And I think that it touches base even on things that are still really big now in modern times. So it's it was really cool to see kind of like a 40s take on that and kind of where it's it tiptoes around the whole mental issue, you know, and that was really cool for me. So I'm going to come in... Um, Within, I'm going to give this about a seven eight. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, and it was a really, really interesting concept. And it was nice that it wasn't fucking aliens. And um, right. <laughs> again, it was just a really cool transition period between physical monsters and then the killers that are what we deal with today. So I liked it. All right, me. Yeah, we can go. Okay. <clears throat> Initially, when we decided to cover cat people, I didn't know what to exactly expect from it. I kind of pictured the cats, like that musical The musical? That's what I was going into. (laughs) I was like, like, ah, like, you mean, I'm going to try it because I'm really excited to see what different eras have to offer. So the title kind of scared me a little bit. But the movie is a lot more than, is she a cat? Is she not? Is she, you know, what's going on? Like Erica said, I think think that it does definitely um, tiptoe around talking about possibly it being a mental illness or a hallucination, uh, which I think is really interesting, and I think it is very, very, uh, I think in my head I I thought that the older movies were going to be a lot more um, reserved in what they go into, but uh, honestly, from watching from the 60s to the 50s to the 40s, it seems like they're a lot more willing to talk about things than modern movies are. And that surprised me because I had a totally different view of that. Um, I'm going to say that I definitely do appreciate, similar to what Erica said, how this is a very transitional movie from monsters to people. Uh, because you can definitely see that in this movie that it is an in-between. Uh, and I think that if you're interested in, in filmmaking or the process to filmmaking, this is definitely a film to check out because... The way it was shot, the contrast used, um, everything about it is just very well done. It's very professional. It looks amazing, and it, and it was very enjoyable to watch. It was visually pleasing, which usually it takes color to really make me feel it. Like, I love black and whites. 
But like, we've been seeing though, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but the black and white movies that we have covered over the last been month a lot higher have been fucking amazing. Yeah, and they have really like I like black and whites. I do. But they have made my appreciation for it a whole new level. And I don't think that collectively as a group, we have given so many tens in the year that we've been with Horror (laughs) Haven that we we have this month. Yeah, exactly. We've um, been giving out a lot more higher ratings with, with the black and white films. And I think the reason being is that you do have to pay more attention to everything else besides the look. And I mean, it looks beautiful. And we got, we had a really good quality version of it, right? We had a, like we you, watched like a Blu-ray copy. Yeah, we yeah. watched a Blu-ray version of it. So, you know, we it, it was crisp, it was clear, it was beautiful. But when they take away the color, you have a lot more to, to distract you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be so distracted by color. You have, you have so much more to look at, to think about, because you have to find these things that you like opposed to just, ooh, this is pretty. You know, and I think that this film did it that phenomenally. Phenomenally, um, I'm gonna give it an eight. All right. Um, touching a little bit on what you guys had said, um, I do love that the movie. I, I that's what I took away from it was that it was symbolizing um, mental illness and kind of the neglect. I mean. Arena really didn't have anybody, and if if I were to pick out like a a specific scene that really touched on that, it's when she went to take a bath and she's just like curled up crying in the bathtub because at that point like the doctor wasn't helping her. I lesson. just almost cried when you said that because I just like I'm like that's like the lowest of low that yeah. you can get to is crying like in her the husband, bathroom to hide from people. Like her husband was neglecting her, and it really just shows like the lack of attention that was given to. Uh, especially women who needed help with these mental uh, illnesses. Um, Will I say that that's definitely what it was? No, absolutely not. She could have just been a cat person. (laughs) (laughs) I I love the fact that the movie keeps you guessing, and I love the fact that the monster in the movie was not the villain. It was the people that were the villains. And it's something that... It's almost like the people created the monster. Exactly. And it's something, too, that we'll definitely touch on next week, too, with the movie Freaks, where it's not... Oh, yeah. It's it's not... It's the people. It's the people that you would say are normal people that are the the bad people. The bad people, yeah. But um, uh, overall, I did enjoy this movie. There were certain scenes that I really picked out that I enjoyed. Uh, The the bus scene and the... uh, the Luton bus scene and the pool scene were really great. I do kind of wish that there were more exciting scenes like that. But at the same time, I feel that if there were just a ton of those scenes, it would have taken away from those scenes standing out to me. They wouldn't have stood out as much. But overall, I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't my favorite that I've seen, um, but I, I thought that the depth to it was great. The filming was great. The acting was amazing. Um, I, I think you I'm going to... found a new love? Oh, yeah. I found a new bay. Uh, I'm going to come in John I'm I'm a fan with you I'm going to give it a 7.2 So that gives it an average of A 7.6 That's fair Let's clap (laughs) Yay Yeah it is We talked about that movie A lot longer than I thought We were going to As a a final comment As a final comment I am so 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 happy That it wasn't A dorky concept On the Like Like a dorky concept Of what like you guys are saying, like with the musical cats or whatever, you mm. know, 
and how off the rails it could have gotten if they actually tried to show a cat person on screen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how that right would way. have gone. If it she have, you, was an actual cat person, I think that they they did it in in a manner where it can still be taken seriously. I, but if, right. I think if they attempted to do special effects makeup to make her like a, a cat person hybrid, it would have been taken in a goofy manner. Well, I feel like for the time, it probably would have been really shocking. But I don't think it would have aged well. Where this, the way that yeah, they, exactly. the way that they carried it out, it, it did age well. Because it, it, it does put yep. it in that possibility of mental illness, which I think is a big conversation today. Is uh, I think we're back in an in, a, in an era where women's rights and all of that is is another big conversation again, and and I think that people would really appreciate watching this movie to see that it was something that was being talked about a little bit. Right. Couple. Um, I do have one or two cool little factoids if you guys are interested. Hell yeah. Okay. So um, the uh, producer who actually made this was hired on specifically by RKO to make some movies under $150,000. And so, which was a small budget for the time, so he was hired on specifically to kick out a lot of these movies for really, really cheap, which goes back, harkens back to the conversation that uh, we had had when I was on the Artist Spotlight where we talked about practical effects, low budget, you know, how that really ends up, uh, you know, people that do more with less tend to have a much higher uh, staying power Mm-hmm. You know, and so this movie was definitely made with a lower budget, and so the use of contrast and between the light and the shadow, and it, it's it's a much higher um, grade for. Well, like Erica had said, it's it's more of a lesson in filmmaking about how to properly tell a story visually, rather than focusing on all of the money that Universal had thrown at their monster movies. This mm-hmm. one was made for low budget, specifically, and it actually came in under that hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It was uh, it, it ended up costing like one hundred and forty one thousand. And if you want to talk about a box office, uh, like a blockbuster, this thing was made for $141,000 and ended up grossing over $8 million bucks. Jeez. I, this is something, too. I, I did read that this movie initially got really bad reviews. Uh, the critics had said that it was a really like dull and slow movie. But the movie was in theaters for so long that critics were able to go back and rewatch the movies, and they actually started praising it. And it's something that I would, I would love to go back and watch it and, like see what else I can pick out because there's things that like you guys have brought up in talking about it now that I didn't really put together watching it. So I think it's a new a movie that I could definitely see myself watching. I would again. always recommend anybody who watched the movie watch it more than once. Don't probably not back yep. to back. Like give yourself like a month or two off and then go back to it because uh, I think that now cuz like I said last week I couldn't see myself rewatching any of the 50s movies. Maybe yeah, the Bob, I know, but... but what I'm saying is is like when you find something give it an, give it an opportunity. Yeah. Give your don't go in immediately saying I'm gonna hate this because like this movie I was like oh cat people what the fuck is this right. <laughs> you know but what well, it's an excellent movie it really is and you know go in with an open mind and sometimes it takes a, fu- a couple watches to find exactly what you like about it. One thing that this I've thing noticed also has uh, a sequel this- too. Does it? Sorry. Yeah, this sequel. thing also has a sequel too called oh, Curse of the Cat People. It's made by the same same producer, written by the same guy, and it actually uh, retains uh, Sierra's favorite character and his uh, love interest. <laughs> all, it, it, follows Oliver, it follows Oliver and uh, I can't remember her name right now. Alice. Oliver. Alice. There you go. It follows their characters moving forward, and uh, Simone Simon shows back up 
either as a ghost or an imaginary friend of the couple's young daughter, which is left up to the uh, viewer as to what she ends up being. Oh, so it carries over the same, like a similar theme of, you know, it, what's actually happening. Like you, right? Guessing. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. I'll have exactly. to check that out. Let's this see. thing's got a remake too, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. know that they made it in the eighties, but did they get not great reviews? Um, I don't know. I I didn't look into it too much. Yeah, I don't know too much. I don't know too much about the remake. I know that it's got Malcolm McDowell and John Hurd, and I love both of those. On um, IMDb, it has but, a six point one. So it, I mean, it's not like too fair. Sixty two Metascore critic rating. So it's a fair. I'm gonna actually check out that sequel though. That, that actually sounds yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm glad that she's back <laughs> to haunt those assholes. There you go. Check it out. Maybe she maybe she hacks one of them up with a chainsaw. Good. Should they deserve it? <laughs> and then she should eat them. We might have to do And she'll look right into the camera, too, and be like, this one's for you, Sierra! Yeah! (laughs) I wasn't even born yet, but she knew. Yeah, she knew. I honestly, like, sometimes I come into a movie, and um, I'll I'll have an idea of, like, the score I'm going to give it, and then after discussing it with you guys, and, like, really getting into it, and I'm like, holy shit, yeah, there's a lot, it's like, there's a lot there, Mm -hmm. um... It'll it'll bump it up, and then, then I always feel like my base score at this was a seven, and it went up to an eight from like yeah. listening. And I want mine was discussing. mine was about that. I think yeah, because you can think more about it and be like, okay, I missed that, but now yeah, yeah, I remember, and that doesn't. It make makes you appreciate it more, mm-hmm. which gives it a higher score. All right, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, Because we had so much to say about both of these movies, we decided to split this episode up into two parts. So uh, be on the lookout for the next part. We're going to be posting it this Friday. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven to keep up with new episodes. And have a good night.